Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. And, and it talks about all these uh, amazing uh, aspects of our relationship with God. And it's one of, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Unfortunately, I also know that many Christians have had his verse either used on themselves, by themselves, or by someone else as a bit of a stick. And some people have gone, I don't know if I hear from God, and therefore I don't know if I am God's sheep, and therefore I don't know if I am saved, and I don't know if I can have any confidence in God. Anyone kind of experienced that before? Well, you have this doubt. I don't know if I hear God, and I don't know what it means for my relationship with God. And it can be this really scary thought. And and and, and yeah, I know people that, that, that really get really worried about this. And, and because of that, I think people get a bit bound up by it. And my journey in hearing from God is probably as opposite from that as, as um, possible. Um, and my parents are Christians and I grew up in a Christian family and right from a young age my parents tried to expose my sister and I um, to teachings and, um, and workshops and, and, and things that help us to hear from God. And so we, we, we kind of found our way in, in this area of our life pretty early on in life. And in particular I remember one episode. I was about 13 at the time and uh, we I think it was a Saturday morning and we had this guest uh, teacher coming through and he was teaching about hearing from God. And at the end of this workshop, we um, had this opportunity. We had a guy who was going to be migrating and moving on from Singapore. And, and so uh, we all gathered around him in a circle and, and, and uh, there was a pad of paper on the floor with a pen and he was in the center and we were all praying. And the, uh, the teacher was saying, why don't you all try to get a word from, from God for him? Kind of like what we're going to be doing tonight. And, and so we started that. I was 13 at that time, still really young. I think I was 13, I could have been 12. Um, and uh, I, was, I was there, and at that time in my life, how I felt God spoke to me uh, most clearly was by giving me a, a scripture passage, and then I would check it up. So, so I'll be sitting there, I was like, okay, what book of the Bible should I go to, God, John? Okay, cool, I can do that. What chapter? Three, okay, I'm sensing a three, okay, I'll go three, and 16, okay, John 3, 16, oh, cool, let's check it out, God so loved the world, God loves that guy, all right, I'll go right, in. so I went down uh, to, to the notepad that I'll write down John 3, 16. I don't know, I don't actually know what verses I, I put down, but uh, through that, that little exercise, I actually went up to that piece of paper about five, six times, I got five or six different passages, and I wrote it down, about halfway through, but I think the third time, uh, mum shot me a look that only mums can give, where it says, are you mucking around? <laughs> and uh, I was like, you tell me to get something, I'll have something, I'll run it down, you know? It's, it's as simple as it is. So, uh, and the honest truth is that I don't know whether those five or six passages really have a guy or not. The honest truth is that I don't know, I don't remember the passages. He didn't come up to me and say, you changed my life. I wish he did, well, maybe a lot more confident man. Uh, than I am today, but but the, the, the thing is that many of us get so scared of those kind of environments and those kind of exercises because we, we're so scared about getting it wrong. 
and, and, and we, we second-guess ourselves, and we question whether we are hearing from God, and, and we are, I think, from there, really worried about what God's going to do if we do get it wrong. And what this reminds me of is a passage in the Bible from Mark 10, 14 to 15, and Jesus says this, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belong the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a, a child, thank you. It didn't say, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a theologian that has studied the Greek and the Hebrew and is fluent in 15 biblical languages. It doesn't talk about the person who has prayed on the mountaintop for 15 years. It doesn't talk about someone who is so mature. It says, let the little children. And I believe that at that stage in my life, I wasn't as cynical as I am now. I didn't have as many doubts. I didn't have as many experiences that made me so fearful and scared about my relationship with God. At that point, I was like, you tell me to hear from God. This is what I got, and this is what it is on the paper. And, and there wasn't that sense, that fear, that trepidation, that, oh, my gosh, God is this big, scary thing, and I better not play with this. Not that I was playing with it, but you know what I mean? That there's a difference between approaching God as a child and approaching God as though you need to be all right. As though you need to have everything together. And so I believe that many of us have developed this thing where it's like, oh, I need to be somewhere along the way at the very least before hearing from God can be a thing that I can claim to be able to do. The truth is that God wants every single person to be able to hear from Him. We are living in a day and an age where we have received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit uh, awakens us and, and, and brings us into a place where we have the potential to have a personal relationship with God. Not a standoffish, corporate, removed relationship with God, but a personal relationship with God. And so over the next 20, 25 minutes, I'm hoping to give, give you some idea of how to approach God and, and what it's like to hear from God, and, and then tonight we get to practice it. So tonight's like part two. If you don't get the practical side of stuff, you don't get your license. You know, you're only getting theory this morning. You, you, you only get your elf plates. But I want you guys to get your pink plates, and so come tonight. It's going to be amazing. There's no charge. It's absolutely free. Our team's putting it on because we believe the importance of this aspect of our lives. And um, today, this morning, I want to talk to you about why hearing from God is simple. And I want to talk to you about it as though you're a sheep and God is a shepherd. John 10 talks about it. You know, we are sheep and God's a shepherd. And I think uh, the first thing to know when it, uh, when it comes to being a sheep is that God's not expecting you to be a remote control robot. Penny isn't dropped. You are not a remote control robot. You have a will. But many of us think that when God says, you are a sheep, we, we think that sheep's a bad thing. Sheep means that you just follow along without thinking, that you're a dumb animal. But the truth is that even in the Bible, that is not the kind of thinking when it comes to sheep. In fact, in Isaiah 53, which I don't have the screens, but you can read, read it by yourselves, Isaiah 53 verse 6 says this, all we like sheep have gone 
astray. Many of you know that verse. It's, it's a famous verse. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. I almost feel like a rapper. If I set up a bit of a beat, maybe we could get there. All we like sheep have gone astray. When God calls you a sheep, he doesn't think that you're naturally always going to stay the course. There's nowhere in the Bible where it ever says that if you follow Jesus, you better not get anything wrong. If not, you're going to get kicked out of kingdom. Nowhere. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God is this strict taskmaster that always needs you to get it right. If not, he's going to get his whip and whip you back into shape. In fact, it says that all of us are like sheep. And that means that all of us have gone astray at some point in our life. And that means that God, when he says you are sheep, he is almost expecting you to get it wrong. And that affects our sensibilities because we think that the more we go along and the more mature we are as Christians, the less we are going to get things wrong. The, the more we are going to know how to get things right. But the more I dive into my walk with God, the more I understand how little I actually know, how much I need to work on myself. You know, if you talked to me 10 years ago, I thought I was a finished product. But the longer I go in my walk with Christ, the more I find out, I don't know why God likes me. Anyone had that revelation one day? It's like, why do you like me, God? If you haven't had that revelation, go get it. It's the most free revelation. And God has got no reason to like us, but then he has chosen to love us. And because, because if we realize that God has got no reason, no need to love us, but yet he still does, then we are freed up from that sense that we need to get things right. Do I need to say that again? When we realize that there's nothing in us that caused God to love us, then we realize that there's nothing within us that could turn him away. Yeah, and that is the same when it comes to hearing his voice. When you're a sheep, you still will get it wrong. That's not to say that you will always, uh, every error of your life, always get it wrong. I believe it's a bit of a process. See, when I was researching sheep, it's not something I do very often. But when I was researching into the whole idea of how sheep work, and I was like, are sheep really that obedient? They actually are. They are actually really interesting animals. Most, most animals that are in a flock that the farmer has to move from place to place, what they would do, the farmer would be behind, and they would drive uh, the animals to the next place. They would kind of go from the back and try to push them forward. But sheep are really different. Sheep. The shepherd actually just goes at the front of the flock, and he just talks. He's like, come on, Cal. Come on, Josh. Come on, Joseph. I'm running out of names. What are sheep names? Throw me some. <laughs> Bob. Come on, Bob. And he'll just talk. He'll call out. He's like, come on, guys. And he'll just walk, and the sheep will begin to fall in line, and it'll just follow. Interesting, isn't it? And then another thing that I found out is that quite often, to help this process out, uh, the, the shepherd would actually appoint a ram to be the head ram. I don't know what that appointment uh, ceremony looks like. Does, does he put a little crown on that? This is the guy, guys. He's your head. I don't know what it looks like, but, but he trains the head ram up to, uh, well, this ram to be the head ram. And then when he wants to move to the next place, he gets the head ram and says, all right, come on, let's go. Once the head ram follows the shepherd, the rest of the flock follows the, 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 the ram. 
Isn't it interesting that God holds a sheep? And isn't it interesting that even though we can't go astray, quite often sheep are meant to still live in this flock and actually be able to follow the shepherd most of the time. And this really kind of sat with me and it really struck me that many of us are actually really wanting to have direction in life. Many of us are actually really looking for meaning in life. But many of us have got it so wrong. Many of us think that if I'm more special compared to everyone else, then I'm going to have value. Have you ever noticed that pattern of thinking in your life? I know I have. I wanted to be the youngest senior pastor ever. That was one of my things. If I'm the youngest, that's the thing that's going to set me up. The church might be crap after that, but I was the youngest pastor ever. That means something. It stands for something. I wasn't the youngest pastor ever, so don't worry. This place is not going to crap. So I'm going to work really hard on this. But you know that thinking, if I am the, a guy that can earn a million dollars off his own back, that's going to make me special. It's going to set, uh, set me apart from everyone else. But always when you think about what God is saying, even though we have individual calls and we have individual things that help us to express ourselves, which is really exciting, the thing that always the scripture comes back to is that we are part of a flock. We are part of a body. We are part of something bigger. And if you want to hear from God, don't detach yourself from the flock. If you want to know what the shepherd is saying, it is not always a one-on-one -on -one experience. It sometimes means that you need to be, oh, look, everyone's going, oh, they're going that way. Oh, there's their shepherd. And then you start to fall in line and you start to go along with it. The penny hasn't dropped this morning. You guys are really quiet and it's freaking me out. Am I getting across to anyone? Sheep need their flock. A sheep that is alone, guess what happens? Take a guess, anyone? They die, they get eaten up. The wolf comes and goes, all right, there's a pack of sheep over there, and there is that idiot. And guess which one they're going to go for? The idiot sheep that's alone. That's how it works. I wasn't calling anyone an idiot. Close to, but I was calling it sheep. But what happens in our life is that we want things to be so individual. And sometimes we forget that hearing from God actually means being part of a flock. It actually means that you need to find out where the head ram is. And for this context, I'm the head ram, and you've got a pretty darn good head ram, I reckon. So better follow where he's going. But what we need to understand is that things are changing, and culture doesn't want you to know that. Culture tells you all about yourself. Um, but it's really funny because, like I mentioned, we were down south this week at the Leaders program and I was seeing so many young people searching for meaning, searching for purpose, and searching for value individually, but they were all looking the same. Smashed off their face. Keeping out whatever they had just taken. Not all. Some. I shouldn't say all. Many of them found some semblance of sanity and continued partying on for the rest of the week, but the thing is this, that we are fighting in a culture that tells you to be individual, but the church actually needs to be together. And culture has actually moved away from that. Um, Fifty years ago, uh, in church surveys and all of that, a regular attender of the church is a person that was there most of the time. 
fast forward that 50 years to where we are today, a regular attendant to church is a person that attends at least once a month. As long as you attend once a month, according to our censuses, we actually count you as a regular attender. This is my question for you. If you want to hear God's voice, if you want to know when the shepherd is, are you just going to check in with the flock once a month? Or are you going to check in as often as you can? And now before you sharpen your pitchforks and tell me that all I want is to have a big church, I know this is the truth. I know this for myself. I need the flock. I still need to get around people that know how to hear God's voice as well, if not better than I do. I, need, I, I meet up with my senior pastor once a month, if not more. I meet up with other pastors all the time, and we talk about how things are going, and, and we ask each other questions, tough questions, to see what is going on on the inside. I rub shoulders with other Christians. And we need this, because following God is not a one-sheep-to-one-shepherd ratio. It is a one-sheep-to-one-flock with one Savior who is helping all of us out. And so if you're not here enough, I don't know whether you are able to hear from God. If you're from another church and you're just visiting today, fantastic. Plant yourself in that church. Make sure that you are there. And then make sure that there is that sense of, I know that I need to be part of the flock. Because sometimes I go astray. But when I go astray, I've got people alongside me saying, this is the way that you're supposed to go. If you're in this church, I hope that you experience what it's like to have people around you saying, I know that right now this is tough. I know right now you want to head in that direction, but this is where God is going, and this is what it looks like. So why don't you come along with me, because I'm on this journey myself. That is what it's like to be part of the flock. If you want to hear God, it's not about you having this switch switched on on the inside of you. Sometimes it means that you just need to plug yourself into a flock and making sure that you are plugged in, that you know when the flock is starting to move, that you start to see when all people are going this direction. Okay, I, I don't really know a lot, but I'm just going to follow along. And it sounds a little bit dumb, but guess what? It works. The church has been growing like this. For 2,000 years. It should have been shut down 2,000 years ago with the death of Jesus. But it's going stronger than ever 2,000 years later. Because people are saying, let's do this together. So that is something. I get passionate about this. I know it doesn't sound a lot like hearing from God stuff. But let me tell you, hearing from God quite often is, I just need people around me. Most of the good ideas that I have for this church are not my ideas. Sorry to burst that bubble. I know that I look like I'm the most creative, amazing guy in the world. I know that. I know, and I read it somewhere. I go, oh, that's good for that church. I think God wants us to do that. Let's try that out. Or I talk to someone else, and they're like, hey, you know, most of my ideas come from being a part of a larger flock. If you're a part of this flock, it's going to help you hear from God. As simple as it is. But another thing about being a sheep that you need to know is that hearing from God becomes more natural over time. It doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't mean that you're part of this thing and it all works out. I think at the start, when you first come into the flock, it's still a bit scary. It's like, who's that guy with a weird beard? And you're like, I don't have a beard, so I think it's just... Shepherds often have beards and pictures, all right? That's what I was talking about. They don't know who that shepherd is, and so they're like, Who's this? There we go. There's a shepherd. You know he's a shepherd because he's got a beard. And a lamb in his arm. Um, but you know, we first get in and we don't really know what's going on. And it's a process. It's okay to take a little bit of time. 
It's okay. You don't need to get this right the first time round. You know, I'm really encouraged because in the 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, it talks about how uh, one of the greatest prophets of all time in the Old Testament, Samuel, he didn't recognize God's voice at the start. You can read about it in 1 Samuel 3. Uh, Samuel was just a boy. He was living in the temple. God calls out to him and he's like, uh, 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 Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel gets up and, and he thinks it's Eli. And he, Eli is the priest of the temple. Eli is old and Eli is blind. So he rushes over to Eli, probably thinking that Eli needs a hand to go to the loo. So he rushes over to where Eli is and Eli is like, I didn't call you, go back to sleep. But Samuel went back to sleep and he hears his voice again, Samuel, Samuel. And so he gets up, he runs to Eli. This happens a couple more times before Eli recognizes this is a priest. The priest took three times to recognize it as well. That's God. So Samuel, when you hear God calling you, Samuel, Samuel, just say, here I am, Lord, speak. I love that it took a little bit of time. I love that it wasn't immediate. I love that that was a process involved in one of the greatest prophets in his journey of hearing from God. So why is it that sometimes we don't give ourselves a little bit of rope to, to explore and to, to learn how this works. You get what I mean? Sometimes we get so caught, I didn't hear from God today, oh my gosh. I'm the worst human being and the worst Christian ever. No, no, you're just a sheep. It's taking your time. And yes, take those steps. Have progress. Ask people. Be about the flock. But what I'm saying is that don't beat yourself up if it doesn't come immediately, straight away. I'm glad that at 12 years old I was given the chance to Pretend that I heard from God. I could write down a few things and, and hone my experience and, and, and learn that people work and that it wasn't a bolt lightning going to come down if I got it wrong. Have you given yourself the opportunity to explore hearing from God? Have you given God the chance to speak to you and to explore that and to ask other people? Have you ever gone to someone else and go, hey, you know what? As I was uh, reading Bible, as I was praying the other day, I really felt this. I'm not sure where it comes from. Do you think this is from God? Ask someone else. Ask someone who's a little bit along the journey and find out, is that okay? Have you done that? Or have you never given God a shot at speaking to you before? Are you expecting Him to just invade, invade your mind while you're sleeping? No, God speaks to you and it's like speaking to another person. It takes a decision to connect. And yeah, you know, when I, I, I'm learning now, now that I've been married for close to four years, that I know very little about Beth. But that doesn't scare me and put me off speaking to her. It drives me to try to learn a little bit more about my wife. It's the same way with God. The more you know, oh my gosh, she's so big. Don't be frightened. Don't be scared. Don't think that you're supposed to have everything down pat. Take a step closer to him. Ask him. Talk to him about it. Right now we're going to switch gears and talk about God as the shepherd. Because I think the process of learning how to be part of the flock, learning how to follow the shepherd as a sheep, is that you have to trust the shepherd that is leading you. And some of us have gotten a little bit scared of this shepherd person. Some of us have actually pushed God away because of the fear attached uh, with, with following God. And so we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about God. And we don't have much time left, so I'm just going to hit up one part of this. And, uh, it, you know, shepherds, 
have a couple of tools that they use. They call them the rod and the staff. The rod and the staff. And I think many of us get really freaked out by it because um, uh, as much as the Bible says in Psalm 23, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I think many of us have got this idea that God says, my rod and my staff, they will beat you. No one laughed at that. Maybe because it's true for you. You still think God wants to beat you up. My God says, my rod and my staff, they comfort you. And so, we're not going to dwell on the rod because we don't have time, but the rod basically is what the shepherd uses to beat off the bad animals that are trying to get the sheep. It's a protection thing. And then the staff, which this is going to represent this morning, is the thing that the shepherd uses to guide. So we've got the rod that protects and the staff that guides. Those are two things that God has. And uh, what I realized, and this is not something that came, that, that I got to myself, but someone taught this, I think it was Pastor David's story, and I do have to give him props for it, because it was one of the most free messages I've heard about getting guidance from God. But you know, many of us, we, we, we come to God and we want guidance. Is that right? You know, you, you come in a new year, you want to know, God, what, what is 2017 going to look like? And, and we go through life trying to make sure that we are following the guidance of God. And, and uh, what happens with a staff, I need a, I need a volunteer. Does anyone want to volunteer? Mitch. Mitch wants to volunteer. You're wearing white. You can, you can be my sheep, Mitch. Come on. Mitty. Mitch, so if you, if you walk slowly that way, see in that direction. See, many of uh, what, what the shepherd does is that he taps. He doesn't beat, he taps. So this is a nice, gentle tap. So you're going to hit the table, so he taps, and he moves. And, and so this is how the staff guides the sheep, the little taps. But if the sheep is walking in the right direction, so you can walk back that way, this is what the shepherd is doing. Did you, did you see it? Which is really scared right now. <laughs> but you know, when you go on the right way, you don't need to tap on the staff. It's, the tap only happens when you're going the wrong way. And so, some of us live our Christian standard for a second. Some of us are living our Christian lives expecting this the whole time. We're expecting the tap of God 24-7. It's like, why am I not feeling God? God hates me. He doesn't want to talk to me. God's like, you're in the right place. Why do you still want me to hit you? <laughs> you want to get a picture? We go through life and we are expecting the tap of God the whole time. Some of us live in constant fear of the tap. Some of us live in constant worry that we're not going to get it right. Some of us live in a space where we're like, I'm not going to move unless I feel the tap. And God's like, there's so much space for you. I've not created a gospel that, that, that strings you up and makes you into a little ball. In fact, the Bible says that the way of God is it's a wide open space. There are certain things that are narrow. For example, hearing about salvation. There is only one way to receive salvation, and that is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
And the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it opens up to a wide open space. God allows you to make choices. The shepherd allows you to make choices as long as you are heading in the right direction. So for some of you, you are getting so bound up about whether I should be doing this or whether I should be doing this, and you're waiting for the tap of God, and God's like, well, what would you prefer? Some of us are so scared that God doesn't like us making any choices in our lives. We're just like, oh, I haven't felt God say anything to me. You know, I heard a story from one of uh, 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 the pastors that, you know, really respect. And he was talking about how when he was younger, he had a, a friend and, uh, from uni, and then he met him again and, and, and uh, found out that this guy was a Christian. And, and so he was asking, so what are you doing now? And the guy said, oh, I just quit my job because I really feel God asking me to seek after him. And so he's like, okay, cool, wow. He's like, wow, that guy is so holy, so amazing, so spiritually mature. And, 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 and this other pastor was like, oh, you know what? I, I yeah, you know, trying to find God's way and he was just doing stuff. But this, this is a, I'm going to cut the story short, even though it's an amazing story. He met this guy something like three years later. And the guy was still saying, I feel like God's asking me to wait on him. He had done nothing with his life in three years. And it sounds holy, doesn't it? You first hear it. I'm waiting on God to tell me something. It's like, what about, what about this? What about the fact that God has actually given you a whole book on how you're supposed to live your life? And, and, and what about the, the stuff that he's really put in your hand? What is that stuff that you are, you're, you're doing right now? You might be a pharmacist. You might be a teacher. You might be an engineer. You might be a doctor. You might be a, a business owner. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what it is. What's in your hand? If God's giving you a tap, listen to it. But if God's not giving you a tap, why are you freaking out so much? And if you're part of the flock, you can rub shoulders with other part of the flock and go, I, I, I'm going to do this. Do you think it's okay? And, and, and people are like, yeah, cool. Go, go do it. You know what I mean? We, we get so bound up whether God's telling me and whether God's telling me. And yes, it's true. If you have that high attitude of wanting to follow God, that is an important part of our Christian walk. Remember, the sheep wanted to know where the shepherd is. It is a natural part. It is a, it's the safest part. It's the most freeing uh, life that you can have. But, but some of us have got the wrong idea of the shepherd. Who, who, and some of you think that God wants every part of your life. And it is true. But if you are living already in the path, then he's not going to require you to keep changing. Some other people talk about this being a green-like theology. Some of us uh, approach traffic lights as though it is always about to turn red. And I said, you slow down. Like, I think it's going, oh, it's still green. It's still green. What do I do? And then you start to speed up and drive through. Whereas some of the people are like, it's green. Let's go. Oh, no, it's turning now. Okay, better stop. You know, that's the natural way that we're supposed to drive. But when it comes to making choices in our life, when it comes to God, we think God says no to everything. Now there are things that God says no to. He says no to sexual immorality. He says no to lying. He says no to killing other people. No, that natural stuff is pretty good. But I'm guessing most of you here do not have an inclination to kill someone else. And so you can put that out of your mind. You don't have to be worried about that. What you need to be worried about, I guess, is how am I going with God? Do I still love Him? Do I actually 
want to develop this relationship with him? Am I giving time to talk to him? Maybe if we start being so so caught up with trying to get God to give us direction all the time, maybe we would realize that there's a relationship to be had with him. Maybe we weren't just listening out or feeling out for the tap of a staff. Maybe you would realize that there's a hand attached to that staff. And then there's a body attached to that arm. And then there's a face that you can know and that you can take comfort in. I really hope that this message helps you to see that Hearing from God is not, it's not hard. It's a process. I really admire, tell you a funny story to finish. Well, it's not really a long story. But, uh, we, we catch up with Pastor David Stora, who leads Harvest Net, which we are part of, which we planted from. And, and we get to catch up with him about once every couple of months. And quite often, I'll, uh, at the catch up, I'll be prepared if a few things I'm not too sure about. And, and then I'll ask Pastor David, and I'll say, uh, Pastor David, um, facing this situation at the moment, how do you know what God is saying when this happens? And he says something that really annoys me. He says, see, Nate, I've done 30, 40 years of ministry. I got to a point where I just know what it feels like. And that really annoys me. Because I don't want to wait 40 years to know. Anyone here want to wait 40 years to know? We, we want to know straight away. But in there is a truth. In there, I saw a man who was so committed to following God for 40 years that he became so in tune with God that he could be a good head man. And it gives me something to aim towards. We've been running for 15 months. I'm going to make lots of mistakes. I hope you stick around for most of them. <laughs> The truth is, all of us are on this journey together, and it's a journey, and it's okay. Tonight, I hope, is a big step in that journey for you. I hope that it really gives you the confidence to hear from God for yourself. But are you willing to take that step? We can get the band up this morning. So this morning, before we get any further, My, my hope is that I've created a picture of God that doesn't scare you. I've created a, not that I've created, but I've presented a picture of God that challenges some of your mindsets and how you see Him. I hope that you see that God actually really loves you and cares for you. And He loves you and cares for you so much that He's not going to take away your freedom. He involves you in that process because He doesn't want a robot wants you. And part of you is the fact that you get to make choices in your life. If he makes those choices for you, you stop being human. And our journey in life is about what we do with those choices that God has given to us. And I hope that this morning I presented a picture of God, a true picture of God that helps you to see that he is one who cares for you, one who loves you dearly. One who really wants to be a part of your journey. One who really, really wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't want just a servant to get things right. He doesn't just want someone who 
doesn't make any choices. He wants you to choose to enter into a relationship with him. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.